for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. It has been said that history is really His story, the story of God showing His grace and mercy to the people He has created. That grace and mercy is on clear display in the Gospels as we see our Jesus living and dying for the sins of the world. But His story continues. The story of the early Christian church is his story as well. We are glad that you have chosen to read that story with us, as together we read chapter by chapter through the book of Acts. We'll review the stories of God's grace and mercy on his infant church and celebrate that same grace and mercy that we know and experience today. We are glad to have you studying and growing with us. Here's the next episode of our podcast and the discussion of the next chapter of the book of Acts. Hey podcasters, thanks for coming back for another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. Uh, Pastor Strong is joining us again today. How are you, Pastor Strong? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here today. Awesome. It's a privilege to have you. We know that most people are listening to this because of uh, the teaser that we offered at the end of the last episode. Yeah, thanks for coming back. They're here mostly for verse 37 through 40 of chapter 21. <laughs> but uh, if you if that is you, please stick around for, for chapter 22 as well. Yeah, uh, It's a goofy... Uh, chapter break uh just kind of puts it in the middle of the story and yeah you know the the chapter breaks and even like the verse numbers are are not inspired by scripture by god in in scripture so you you know as people are organizing these books and everything else they put them in there and they're helpful they're useful they give us a you know reference points that we can easily turn to Uh, but sometimes they just for whatever reason fall in some odd places yep I don't know why that is. In Christian freedom, we can end and start our podcast wherever, <laughs> wherever we, we want. <laughs> you know, we conveniently make them line up for the most part along the chapters, but we could have been really cruel and just like, hey, we're going to do, you know, you know, half a chapter here and only go a quarter into the next one and just really throw everyone <laughs> off. Thankfully, we're much kinder than that. <laughs> Except for this occasion, where we're starting in in the the end of chapter twenty one. <laughs> well, I think there's good reason. Absolutely. So, chapter eleven, verse twenty seven, is where we're starting. Chapter twenty one, uh, verse thirty seven. Chapter twenty one, verse thirty. We're not going all the way back to. I chapter said 11. we can start wherever I want. <laughs> <laughs> want to start in chapter eleven? Twenty one. Twenty one. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, comes right on the heels of of the the riot from chapter 21 and this Roman soldiers come and, and get Paul kind of for his own safety and kind of to quell the riot. Um, but they also want to hear, uh, what's going on. They want to hear his story. So that's where we're going to pick it up today. So Paul is, is, uh, has been handed over or arrested really by the, the Romans and, uh, they're, they're taking him into the barracks where they hope to imprison him and find out, investigate what's going on and get to the bottom of this. Um, and as he's being led away, um, Paul asks, uh, for an opportunity to speak and, um, the commander allows that opportunity to happen. And, and so he's on the steps really of, uh, really of their fortress, I would imagine here. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
speaks to the the crowd in Aramaic, and I think it was the Aramaic language that really caught the people off guard, because now all of a sudden you have you go from this really loud riot and people yelling and shouting to Paul now speaking in their language, and and I, I think that kind of struck people as like, wow, why why is he speaking in our language? Maybe he's not who we thought he was necessarily, because it's just quiet, right? And Paul has an opportunity to to dive into a sermon. The uh, soldiers ask if he's the Egyptian um, from that revolt. And Paul answers no and, and has a chance to kind of give his story. So you wonder if were there some in the crowd who made that same assumption? Um, were they getting, were they rioting for rioting's sake and weren't really even aware of what had actually started it? We don't know. It's just kind of an interesting uh, tidbit there that the Holy Spirit inspires um, their their misguided question about who Paul really was. Right. Well, Paul starts out in, uh, and I think this is, he's offering up a bit of defense as to who he is. He's trying to, I think, going to take an opportunity to explain his background and his calling and his mission uh, to hopefully set people straight. Um, but I think also just an opportunity, you've got a kind of a captive crowd. I'm going to share a little bit about Jesus here too. Um, but he starts off by just defending himself that, hey, I'm like you guys, uh, you know, these Jewish people who are rioting. Um, I'm a Jew. I studied under Gamaliel. He starts dropping some names, which, you know, you start dropping names. Why? Because you want people to kind of maybe respect who you are and like, oh, well, you studied under Gamaliel. Uh, he was a well-known uh, and well-educated, I guess, professor of the Jewish people, a, a high-ranking rabbi. Um, and so, Paul studied underneath him, and uh, he was just as zealous as this crowd was to throw out Christians. Right. I've got a lot in common with you, right? by the way. yeah. So he's kind of putting them in their own shoot, you know, it, that I walk with you, right? Um, and talks about how he had gone and persecuted Christians, throwing men and women and children, and um, even the, the council and high priest, can all, they, everyone can testify. This is who Paul was at one point. Um, and even that tamed, and then you guys set in the stage for the the conversion. I even went to Damascus, right, to to arrest people um, and bring them back to Jerusalem to be punished. And then he has opportunity to to dive into his his conversion story. And uh, and this is the first time that he recounts. He does this a couple of times uh, in in the book of Acts. This is the first time where he recounts that conversion moment. Each time we kind of get some added details from when it first took place in Acts chapter nine. Um, should we tease the chapter twenty six podcast right now? Can, you I better like, come back. For I like teasing 26. things. Yeah, <laughs> come back to hear chapter twenty six for the second time when he recounts it. <laughs> uh, but here the detail I think that's interesting. You know, it talks about um, he, the one who who calls out to him uh, identifies himself as I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you are persecuting. Um, and so you know, some people call into question: Was well, Paul really an apostle? Was well, he really? Um, you know, commissioned and sent by Jesus. Well, yeah, here we have direct testimony that, you know, Jesus was, was the one who was calling out to him and, and sending him out to, um, to do the work. Right. We would often say that one of the qualifications of being considered an apostle would be uh, that you were a witness to the resurrection uh, or the resurrected Christ. And here Paul meets that qualification as Jesus appears to him post-resurrection uh, on this road. Then he recounts how he was led to Damascus and how Ananias came to him, who was a, a believer there and, a, and a, also a respected 
one who is respected by the Jewish people. So again, he's just kind of like, hey, you Jewish people, here's here's a guy, Ananias, who is one like us, like you, um, who came to me and helped bring back sight that I had lost in that, that conversion moment. And then really was the one who shared with him too, again, or re- at least confirmed the mission that Jesus gave to him. You're to go out and to be a witness to uh, to the people of everything that you've heard and to be baptized and to go out and preach in the name of Jesus who has called you. I thought it was interesting, uh, verse 14, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. So he's a uh, couple things there the privilege of being able to witness Jesus, uh, being able to see the resurrection and the resurrected Christ, to hear Jesus speak. Now, this was something that not everyone had the opportunity to do, but God gave him this special privilege. And then to be a witness who sees something and then says something, um, what you have seen and heard, here he is doing that very thing right now. He's he's testifying to what happened, to what he's seen, to what he knows uh, and who he knows Jesus to be, and he's proclaiming that. Uh, not under the most ideal circumstances, um, kind of on this mini trial here, but he's being a witness. Right. And uh, here are these people, these are the people who need to hear. These are the people that are so incensed and in, inflamed with anger um, just about my very presence here, but um, I'm going to take even this opportunity to share a message that these people need to hear. Paul continues and and talks about his trip down to Jerusalem sometime after his his conversion and how while he was at the temple, the Lord spoke to him again and said, you need to leave Jerusalem because the people are not going to accept a testimony here. And and really, this is where God says, I'm going to send you far away to the Gentiles. And, and so God is now sharing the purpose. This is after some time. Paul had probably spent a few years up in the Damascus area, the Arabia area, where I think he did some good training um, and, and got some some mission work. That was his Ex- one-on-one seminary. Yeah, some right? ser- his seminary experience. And now he's down in Jerusalem. He had been mel- meeting with the, the elders already at this point. But now God really had laid out at that time, this is the mission. You're going to the Gentiles. And that was really setting the stage for the mission journeys that we just recounted. Right. Head head up out of Jerusalem into Antioch to another to a actually to a congregation that was mission minded. Um, you can kind of see if you didn't pick it up already. This Jerusalem church is okay with being Jewish, but they're not super excited about sharing that message with anyone else. Right. Um, which, but so God sends him from Jerusalem to Antioch to this congregation that's excited to. Um, to send out missionaries and and even sponsors, um, Saul and Barnabas to to yeah. go out um, on those journeys. So, verse twenty two. What do you make of that? The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, "Rid the earth of him! He's not fit to live." Right. I mean, you just they're on board with Paul and everything he has to say until he says, "Well, God sent me to the Gentiles into a Jewish ears, the Jewish ears that had that just rubbed them the wrong way. The Gentiles are unclean, dirty people who the the message is not for them." Um and so when Paul said, you know, well this, you know, God sent me to the Gentiles, to them th- that was blasphemy. Yeah. It's striking that this that this is the divisive thing that these Jewish people still don't get it. They still want um, 
the gospel to be just for them. They still want uh, the body of believers to be only Jewish people. Right. And and you can just just see um, the arrogance and the pride and the stubbornness in in the fact that they're not willing to, for this message to be shared. In fact, they're going to kill Paul because he went to go share the gospel with non-Jewish people. Right. Like this was some act of, of being a traitor uh, because you would dare take the name of Jesus outside of our circles. Well, it goes right back to the very thing that they started accusing him of falsely uh, at the beginning of this whole riot was Paul was in town with a Gentile and he must have brought him into the temple. Um, they just had in you know such a, a bad taste in their mouth for the Gentile people because they really missed what Christ was all about. Um, so yeah, it, it just gets the crowd riled up. They want to get rid of him. And it's at this point that the, the soldier's like, all right, enough is enough. We gave you your opportunity, Paul, to speak to the crowd. But now we're dragging in the, the barracks. And uh, they did, I guess, what Roman soldiers do. They started beating him and flogging him and uh, and shouting at him. And then uh, that's where Paul takes his opportunity to, to I, I just love it. In verse 25, Paul said to the centurion standing there, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been found guilty? Tell me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, what are the rules here? <laughs> he doesn't... A hypothetical just, question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, right? And, uh, you know, the centurion just like stops uh, and, and says, this man is a Roman citizen. And uh, questions Paul on his Roman citizenry and you know, the Roman centurion apparently had bought into Roman citizenry, which was a thing. Um, it costs a lot to get into that. Yep. Um, but Paul states, I was, I didn't have to buy it. I was born into it. Right. The, this guy must not have heard Paul at the beginning of the chapter when he says, born in, in Tarsus, uh, of no, a no, a citizen of no ordinary city. He's at, he's bringing up his citizenship there too. Right. Um, but must not have pieced that together or forgot, or maybe this is a different guy who wasn't there. Right. Uh, but now he, he gets a little more bold about it. Um, he's going to play that citizenship card, um, which is his his full right to do. Oh, absolutely. Um, these are one of the blessings and privileges of being a Roman citizen is you can't be falsely arrested. Right. Can't be um, treated in this way b- before you're found guilty. Uh, yeah. And it's striking because all of a sudden they all stopped. Like as soon as Paul, you know, said he was a Roman citizen, it was like, oh boy, yep. we did something wrong. <laughs> same, same thing in chapter 16 in Philippi. Right. Uh, they throw him in prison and he says, uh, by the way, I'm a Roman citizen, Philippi, a Roman colony. So they all got citizenship there too. Um, and they wanted to sneak him out the back door. Like, no, you can walk me out in the, right. into the court. Um, and we can let the city see you uh, take the handcuffs off because that's what's right and fair. Um, so the same thing here. There's that fear because um, they didn't realize or because they have overstepped and broken the rules now on the way that Roman citizens deserve to be treated. Yeah. So they're going to treat them a, a bit more gently um, after they find this piece of news out. And um, they still want to find out what's going on. So they keep Paul overnight, it seems, and then they release him the next day. But now we're, we're going to investigate. We're going to actually, we're bringing the chief priests of, of the, and the Pharisees, the whole council together. We're going to get to the bottom of this, figure out what's going on. And so Paul's going to stand trial um, in front of of uh, the whole Sanhedrin. And um, 
little reminiscent of Jesus before yeah, the, the Sanhedrin, obviously, too. The same same council that accused him and um, put him to death in that way. Paul's going to stand against uh, many of those those people. Probably some of the same at this point. I mean, it's been quite a few years later, but I would imagine that. Yeah, we're 30-some years removed. There, there but may still have been some of the younger guys All there of the Bible story that I see, there. the Sanhedrin are old dudes. So, right? yeah, I'm guessing. Maybe some in there yet. Probably some. Uh, but just still, at least the ideology there is there, and the clinging to to the wrong views of of what God had said in the Old Testament, and and not and, and rejecting Jesus yeah. really, and the same clinging to that power, right? Right. Um, Jesus threatened the Sanhedrin's power, and that's why they executed him. Um, here now, Paul trying to convert the city, trying to share that message is similarly a threat to um, to their grasp on control of of the religious uh, ideologies and the religious day-to-day things there in Jerusalem. And that's where the next chapter begins, so that's probably a pretty good place to, to transition into the next chapter. Yeah, I think this is a, you know, a good time to, to stop. You know, we'll stop at the end of the chapter. Sure. And and start again anew on the next chapter. Next we could time. have had some carryovers this time too, but I don't want to do that two two times in a no, row. We don't we don't want so to string be, along our, our listeners too we, much. We'd hate for them to have to riot like the <laughs> like the Jews did in chapter two. Yeah, we wouldn't do well in prison. <laughs> I would not fare nearly as well. I would not be as patient as Paul was. Yeah, most likely not. <laughs> Paul understood God's will. Um this is exactly what the people warned him against and why they tried to prevent him from going, but he continued to follow um, God's will, continued to recognize that um, there's going to be opportunity given me, even if it's not the way that I would plan out uh, my life, there's opportunity in, in sharing the gospel and being faithful. Um, and so we can see his courage, his boldness, and his faith um, as he lets his Savior guide and direct everything that's happening in his life. All right. I think we can say that this is most certainly true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There, you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot of information about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.